Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. To another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T Love in horse riding circles. Mm-hmm. And with me, as usual, I have a young man full of charm, full of power, full of strength, full of, how shall we say it, charisma. Mm-hmm. But not just charisma, I would think it would be pronounced charisma, because uh-huh. it's that extra little special thing that's going on here. Mr. Sean Quigley. Also known as the Quig amongst the berry pickers. How are you, sir? Um, I, I'm very good. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a tough season for berries. It is a tough season. Well, we got the polar vortex. Yes. We got the polar so, vortex going on right now. you like your winter berries. Yes, exactly. I mean, this morning when I woke up, it was two. Mm. Now, we're not getting hit nowhere near like Chicago is and those poor people up there. Yeah. But two degrees, for those of you in Europe and elsewhere that don't go by the silly Fahrenheit scale... Two degrees is quick calculation is like minus minus uh, fifteen I think minus, yeah I think it was minus seventeen when I looked well it's uh it's two minus thirty two which is negative thirty times five is negative hundred fifty divided by nine is negative one and sixty nine. Yeah, negative. Yeah, negative seventeen. That's right. Wow, and we are going to be racking up the listens on this podcast. We're doing the math. <laughs> oh yeah, stay tuned nerd alert, for the nerd, math. Nerd alert! Nerd <laughs> alert! For those of you that don't know that formula, that's Fahrenheit minus thirty-two <laughs> times five nine Celsius, <laughs> or five nine equals Celsius. That's what I should say. Anyway, yeah. Enough of that nerdiness. For those of you that don't know, our podcast we listen to, or we watch, I should say, little-known TV shows and movies. Well, sometimes we switch it up, but uh, if they are foreign language, i.e., not English, uh, what we do is we turn off all the dubbing, and we make sure there are no subtitles so that we can really be confused and try to figure out what's going on in those middle twenty minutes. And at the same time, we review adult beverages, mostly beers, at mm-hmm. this point. But that's what we do. Yes. For those of you that don't know, this is episode number fifty-three, and today we're doing kind of an audible. We're doing a special. We're going to review Solo, a Star Wars story. So this isn't the middle 20 minutes. This We're just going to talk about the movie. Yeah. Kind of, because it's literally the first true, as they say, the first true Star Wars flop in the franchise. Yes. Financially speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to do today. And then our star of the show, which is really the beer, is Bifrost Winter Ale, which is very appropriate considering it's... Right now, I think it's what what's it outside? Seventeen degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Um, by Elysian Brewing Company out of Seattle, Washington. It is eight point three percent ABV with an IBU of fifty eight. And so let's uh, open this up, shall we? Test it out. Let's give the, our listeners the sound of the bottle opening. Oh, there's a bottle. Okay. There's a beer 
for you, sir. Beer for me. Let's see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour Bones Pale Ale with citrus and earthy hop character balanced by a smooth malt backbone. Ooh. Yes. Well, right now I'm pouring it in this lovely mug. And it looks good. I have to say, it looks good. Not super carbonated, which is a nice thing. Yes, especially for a, an ale. Yes. Not super carbonated. It's a little bit muddy in color, but it, it almost looks like a mead. It's got a really lovely honey color. I have like things in my glass, and I'm wondering if I had something in my glass to start with. <laughs> Look at these weird little black things in the top of my. Uh, that might be pepper. Pepper? Why is there pepper in my? Why is there pepper in? Where did you put pepper on your fries earlier? Yeah, or was that but salt? why did it be in my glass? That'd be strange. Mm, I don't know. Maybe you need to filter it and pour it out. There's another There's another one in the fridge. Nah, that's all right. I'll figure it out. All right. While young Sean is doing his technical difficulties, mm. I will taste the Elysian Bifrost, which is, for those of you that are Marvel geek fans like us, the bridge from Asgard to Midgard, a.k.a. Earth. So, here we go. Cheers, folks. Well, like I said, Sean is doing his thing. Ooh. Good. That's a nice ale. That's a nice ale. If you're hearing little paws running around, that's because we have little Lucy with us. She's the what's going on here mascot. In case you guys didn't know, one of many that we have amongst the menagerie between the two of us. Tortoises and cats and dogs. And... This is... It's citrusy and fruity. It's definitely hoppy. I like it. Not too much hop. Like we've said before on the show, when they over hop it, it tends to be too bitter. But this is really nice. This is actually a very well balanced beer, I think. I don't know if they designed their beer to be uh, to mm. be um, prepared in the way that I currently am preparing it. <laughs> but I, I don't, think, I don't know, think so. There's a certain elegance to it. it well, well, you know what? The head got a lot better after you did what you did there. Uh, yeah. Wow. This Hopefully people didn't just start the podcast at that line. <laughs> because phrasing. <laughs> let's, 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 let's take a picture of this for the... For our listeners, look at that. Oh, that's a lovely head. Look at that. Anyone looking for a job? I saw on Facebook today that I had friends over at the... Uh, over at the Ailmentary looking for a manager. Oh, oh. That's right. Well, that's right, because they're expanding big time. Yeah, for a, uh, a, a brewery manager. So yes. If there's any uh, budding Brewers. brewery managers out there. That's right. Ailmentary. So, cheers, my friend. Let's give a clink here. Ooh, I don't know how to even see my mug says the choir of man. Ooh. How <laughs> oh, misogynistic yes. of you. <laughs> mm. I don't know if it's misogynistic or homophilic, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good show. It was a good show. I went see my friend was in it. Oh, okay. It's, nice. oh, it's on a US tour currently. I ah. see the choir of man. What's the show about? I never even heard of it. It's Until good, you said um, I don't like it's a show. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it actually started off, it was a cruise ship show originally. Oh. It was devised on cruise ship. It was a bunch of guys who were already working on cruise ship. Came up with this show. And it then went to the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, okay. Got good views. 
went to Australia, like okay. Adelaide Festival, and now it's on a US tour. Okay. What it is, it's just like, it's like eight or nine guys that set in a pub. Like it's a pub setting. And the premise is basically it's eight or nine dudes singing just... songs that everybody loves in a pub whilst people drink beer. Oh. And they serve you actually beer. Like before the show, it's a working pub. Oh, okay. They have on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, yeah. line up and you go and they the cast will pour you a beer before the show and you sit and drink your beer. Oh, that's clever. Watching the show. And they're all singing like all these songs, old and new. But right. all songs like sing along kind of like, and they're all amazing like singers. Like Piano Man and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really great songs and like great range. Standards. Songs. Like a bunch of standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all in like kind of nine part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. It's yeah, actually yeah. really good. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Hmm. All right. So what do you think, sir, of the beer so far? Very nice. I like this beer. Yeah. This is a nice beer. Hmm. See, this one, last couple of episodes, we've gotten beers that kind of surprised us. They weren't bad beers. Yeah. But they didn't, We they weren't what we expected. Mm. Like, there was an ale that's like, what, this tastes like a summer beer. This doesn't taste like a winter beer. This, to me, tastes like a winter ale. Mm. It's a little bit on the heavy side. Not, you know, not stout or anything like that. But it's a full, robust, rich beer. Yeah, I think. this very much tastes like a winter beer to me. Well, yes, totally. It tastes exactly as I would want if I ordered it. Yes, um, eight and eight point three percent. This is this is uh, not very nice. Again, doesn't taste eight point three to me. No, it doesn't taste eight point three. But I'd put it somewhere in the six. I'd say, oh, maybe like six percent. Mm. It's it tastes six and a half. A yeah, I'll, I'll, beer. I would say six and a half, not eight point three. Mm. So good job, good job, Elysium. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very nice, Seattle. All right, so solo. A Star Wars story. So, warning people, this is going to be spoilers if you haven't seen it. Don't listen to this episode until you watch the yeah. whole movie. I haven't seen... See, I, I, when you said that, I was like, oh, it's a good film. I, I enjoyed the film a lot. But I've got a... Uh, it's been a while since I watched I watched it when it came out in the movie theaters. Okay. And I was going to watch it again this morning in uh-huh. preparation for this. Uh-huh. Um, but I had my baby with me. I'm babysitting my own baby, which I've been told by my wife isn't babysitting. Isn't babysitting. You're spending baby. time with your child. <laughs> That's what I do. That's the most infuriating <laughs> thing you say to a woman. Yeah. Is that you're babysitting your children? It's like no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm not giving you 15 bucks an hour to sit here. No, you just because you got better shit to do, right? With, with your kid who also lives in your home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare call it that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you don't have a shiner right now. Yeah. To be quite frank, because if you say that if I came in and I was like, what happened? Why do you have a shiner? Yeah. Emily punched me. Why did she punch you? Because I said I was going to be babysitting Nina. I would just be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. That makes sense. That's not domestic battery at all. <laughs> so yeah, we but and and me and Nina usually watch either uh, Sesame Street, which was her favorite, but now the new favorite, uh-huh. which she loves uh-huh. and I equally love. Okay, I'm very pleased I found it because I never saw it before. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh yeah, that was a huge th- oh, thing with kids. It is so great. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Is, it, it was a phenomenon when it was out originally. Like it, it's it's brilliant. I yeah. love it. Yeah, 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 and the amount of people in it, like it's like a star maker. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Yeah, playing as a cowboy. Yeah, it's mad. but it, he was already a big star before Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, he was. Or a fairly well-known actor. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne was in Apocalypse Now. Oh, he was. Mind you, he was a young black kid. Oh wow! On the boat. Oh wow! That's dancing to "I Can't Get No Satisfaction," mm. mm-hmm. and the famous story is. He told them he was 17, 18, and he was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. He backed up and starred in a Francis Ford Coppola movie that was shot in the Philippines. Wow. Yeah. It's like, wow, this dude wanted I to I need act. to watch that documentary. I keep forgetting. It's it's pretty crazy. Martin Martin yeah, Sheen gets a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. It, it's nutso. 
Yeah. Emilio Estevez is on the set with him. Yeah. He traveled with him. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. All sorts of stuff happened. So, anyway. So. Yeah, but we, yeah, so we watched Pee-Wee's Playhouse. Pee-Wee's Playhouse, yes. Pee-Wee's Playhouse and <clears throat> the one that I was going to say that I truly enjoyed that I think my nephew started watching this was years ago was Show on the Sheep. Uh-huh. I love Show on the Sheep. Yeah. That's the one. I, I would suggest Show on the Sheep if you haven't seen it. Yeah. To watch that because it's just I like, those. I like the Wallace and Gromits. Yeah, the Wallace and Gromits are great. Sean the Sheep was really fantastic. I love the the, the, the farmer. I he's... don't know if she would appreciate it as much. I don't know. The, the, the reason she loves Peewee's Playhouse so much is she's like all about bright like, colors. stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. crazy, wacky, mad voices. Yeah, and Lots yeah, of crazy yeah, yeah, things yeah. going on. Like, That's true. And Sean the Sheep is mostly... Like, when she's a little older, she'll appreciate it. But for now, she yeah. kind of needs to be like stimulated constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, That's what she likes that. Uh, even in Sesame Street, like she likes it when all the the Muppets are on. Yeah. But then when it switches to like you know talking and letters, kids yeah. talking yeah. about yeah. like being nice to each other, she's bored. Yeah, of course. You know, she just Who wants, isn't? She just wants to see Big nice Bird and Elmo and shit. like Oscar the Grouch. Like, just, who gives a shit about nice kids? <laughs> who gives a shit? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I put it on, <laughs> thinking like, oh, I'll watch it now. And then she was getting on. Like, oh yeah, she's not gonna like Sarah. So, All right, so so I'll I'll give the refresher as as I do the play by play. I did see the beginning. I saw the first five seconds, which okay. already is a talking point. Okay, which I forgot about. Okay, because I remember we were going to see it in movie theaters. Is that it comes up and like every Star Wars film, first thing you see is once one time in the galaxy far far away. Right, and I'm sitting there at the edge of my seat, and I'm like, and they have to huh? pay money to the huh? directors huh? guild for violating the rules on how to do a movie. Did it? Huh. You don't know this little tidbit of trivia? No. George Lucas still pays mm-hmm. because he insisted on doing the movie that way where they do the intro with the little summary of what's been happening. Yeah. By the Directors Guild Association of whomever, US, America, world, whatever, you have to do credits when the movie opens. Huh. And he said, fuck it, I'm not doing credits. Yeah. And he's been paying a fine every time the movie like gets released, huh. or even every year for not changing it or whatever. He pays a yeah. fine, and he just says, "Screw it." Come think that because this is this have... is my story. I'm gonna tell my story my freaking way. You guys could go kick rocks and and yeah. Because if you watch every movie, it's like it's one of these things where they say it. You don't. It's one of these things you don't notice because like honestly, is there anything more iconic than the Star Wars opening? Oh, yeah, no. Right? Like, it tells you the story. You don't know who's in it. You don't know what's going on. You know, yeah. you don't care about the studio and who's the freaking grip and, and, and the director and all this. Nobody gives a shit. You're going to see all of that at the end. Let's just start you in the story right away. Although I miss kind of the old fact. The one thing I would say is I miss the old-fashioned style. I wish they did the credits at the beginning still because it's a way of, like, it's a mood setter. You set the mood with, like, a song, a bit of backdrop. It challenges the director to come up with something interesting so that everyone's not going to get bored. Right. It's not just like the post-credits thing where it's just easy. You just put a cool song on and right. then no, no one's going to sit around for it. Who cares? Right. Like you, you have to integrate it. But then it means that like you're you're going to sit through it because you want to watch the movie and then when the movie ends, it ends. And it's just the end. But now it's like the credits with all the post-credits sequences and all that business. It's like, do you stay? Do you not stay? Is there something after? Isn't there after? I got gypped out of... Uh, 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 the Infinity War because mm. the kid came in and said oh, there are no credits and we're like oh okay because it's Infinity War and you figure alright they, 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 they mixed it up a little bit because 
there's going to be a sequel to it, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I come home and they're like, did you stay for the after credit? I was just like, mother... Oh, wait, what? Yeah. And of course it was a key one because it does Captain the whole Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel introduction. It was one of the most key ones they've had. Usually they're Ever. just a funny thing. Right, yeah. it was just something silly. We're eating shawarma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was just like, that asshole. It's like <laughs> I wanted to go back to the theater and kick the kid's ass. But yeah. So anyway, so it opens up with no song. No Star Wars music. That's what I was going to say. It opens up. It's a long time getting Galaxy Far, Far Away. Then it goes away and there's the gap where you're expecting that it just it kicks straight into some random music like and it's like you know oh there's a time that's and it was and it was done differently too it wasn't done on the traveling no it yeah. was done just flashes of lettering telling you what it is mm-hmm. almost like almost like uh, uh, uh um what's it blade runner 2036 what's the blade runner? 49 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> 72 <laughs> it's 2069 i tell you 69 i tell you anyway yeah. so it opens up it tells you basically it's a lawless time in the galaxy uh the empire is is it's cruel there's just warlords ruling everything one of the places is corellia and for those of you that are star wars geeks you uh, uh, of course know that this is where han solo is from um and the big thing in the galaxy now is fuel and everyone has to get their hands on fuel kind of stuff. And the scene starts with basically Solo running away. You see him like a young Han Solo. And he's running from obviously a bad exchange. And he gets in his little land speeder, whatever it's called. And he takes off like a bat out of hell and these guys are chasing him and he gets away. And he goes back to his headquarters and there's a bunch of just ragamuffin kids around everywhere and somebody says did you do it and you see it's Amelia Clark who's just lovely in the role I think oh yeah um and in fact she might well no no no, I'll I'll get to the the judgments later um and she says like did you get it and he tells her what happened basically saying they tried to kill him blah 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 but he got a little piece of this fuel that comes in a basically a a a flashlight size Mm. container and he's going to hide it. But they all, of course, this is, it, it's the it, it's the intergalactic version of Master Bates. And all of his little pickpockets, basically. Mm-hmm. And and the one in charge, the, 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 uh, the being in charge, is this big worm that lives in water in a dark uh, 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 um, amphitheater, almost, or whatever. And everyone is supposed to come and be supplicants and, and whatever else. And how Solo comes in, and she's like, you tried to hide this from me. And he's like, no, they almost killed me, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, she's going to uh, uh, punish him for ruining the deal, whatever deal he had to do. And then he picks up a rock, and he says, and he makes a noise. She's like, what are you doing? He says, I got a thermal detonator in my hand. And she says, no, you don't. That's just a rock, and you made a clicking sound. And for those of you that don't know what a thermal detonator had, that's the famous uh, uh, little doodad that Leia had when she threatened Jabba with as when she was disguised as the bounty hunter. It's um, a grenade. It's a space grenade. It's a, gr- it's a space grenade, right. And um, so, so she says, that's not going to do anything. So no, but this is. And he throws the rock through a window that the room has and busts it open and daylight comes in and the big giant boss worm freaks out and dives into the water because apparently daylight ruins her. 
Which and maybe don't have windows in your main room. Exactly my point. <laughs> Why is there a window in your hall? I don't get it. Because obviously you're not native to a planet where there's sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because otherwise you would why would you be there? So you came in here as some big time gangster and you looked for a space. And realer they don't have Corelia Realtor.com or Zillow or something that you can find a place. No windows. This is the most important thing to have is Corelia real estate laws. You aren't familiar? Yeah. You have to have a window. Every room larger than five foot has to have a window. It's it's kind of like Denmark. Denmark has basically a, a law in the books. And I don't know if you know this. And I knew this when I was working for Bayer because we had a... Um, we're doing something, cooperating with a D- Danish company. Mm-hmm. By law, you have to have windows wherever you have employees. Huh. Because they are basically up in the Arctic Circle. And in the wintertime, days like this, they, there's four hours of sunlight. Mm-hmm. And of course, they get you know high levels of suicide because people yeah. haven't been outside. And if you're in a room with no windows, you basically come into the building at night and you leave at night and come in... And, you know, we're diurnal creatures. It just fucks with our head. Yeah. You know, ha- having been someone who worked third shift for years, it, 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 it really does kind of screw with you. Because you're just like, wait, what's going on? Kind of. But, but, you know, I'll wake up in time to see daylight kind of stuff. Anyway. At least it works well in America. Like, I don't know how people do it in, like, in England. That's one of the things I noticed. Like, we don't have 24-hour anything as a standard. Right. Stores, restaurants, anything. Bars. Right. Like, things shut. Everything shuts. Right. There's no, like, we don't have 7-Elevens. We don't have 24-hour anything. Right. So I have no idea how people do it who work those shits. There's nothing open, like. At least when, over here, yeah, you can go to 7-Eleven, there's a bunch of supermarkets, there's to be open, like, there's bars, there's diners you go to. I'm I'm thinking part of the reason why, because there's not that much third shift industry Mm. in the UK. Mm -hmm. Whereas the US and America, period, there was always three shifts of work on something. Yeah. You know, if you're a cabbie, you're working all night. If you're, God, so many, well, I work third shift, you know, in, 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 a, in a, a, a lab, mm. you know, doing, analyzing blood and urine and gastric samples and all that stuff. Because this urine won't wait, damn it! But pretty, yeah, that's I was. I, I literally worked the stat bench, which means this <laughs> urine won't wait. Yeah, and the stat bench's job was to, from the time you receive the sample to the time the results are out, you had four hours to do it, max. So, so I think that that's the thing. The U.S. had a lot of that, and um, what people don't realize because everyone thinks America rich is this that. The U.S. has always been, and that's one of the problems nowadays. But I won't get into that. Has been an agrarian society. The majority of the country is basically farming, mm. and that's what they're, you know, dedicated to. So these people will get up at four in the morning, yeah, because that's as a farmer, that's when you get up, because you want to get most of your work done before the, the heat sets in, you know. So if you get up at four in the morning and you haven't eaten at home, you kind of want to stop by somewhere. So there's a diner that's been open all night. There's truckers, there's loggers, there's miners. There's a lot of just like working class industry in the US and I think that's one of the reasons why they start because like one of the big things one of the big things where the places where they started with um, the 24 hour stuff was always like the Midwest and um, the Southwest yeah you would think there'd be more of it in the city and the city was like there'd be a couple of spots that would have it but you'd have to know where they are I remember when I was a kid and my brother was like oh let's go to McDonald's I'm like they're closed you know McDonald's would close 11 midnight something like that and he'd be like no 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 there's one on Queens Boulevard that's open 
but it's in Sunnyside. It's like, oh, okay, let's go there, you know. And it would be like a a twenty minute drive from where we lived, that kind of stuff, you know, if we were hanging out. So yeah, yeah, because when you because when you would go to the suburbs, when I went to college, McDonald's closed at ten thirty. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Why are you closing at 10 I was just completely weirded out, you know. And forget about, like, the one that was really weird when I was working, I went to... Even gas stations, like where I'm from, gas stations close at like 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I went to Dallas for training years ago. Downtown Dallas, they took us out for, you know, dinner at a nice restaurant. And we were in downtown Dallas, like all the big, nice, fancy buildings. I walked out, and this was like a... Tuesday night. There's nobody in the streets. Everything was closed. Yeah. I was like, this is downtown Dallas? Yeah. I can't imagine New York City closed. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? No, everything's open. What are you talking? It was like 8 o'clock at night. Everything was closed. New York City's full of heathens. People down in Dallas, they've got to go be with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because they're trying to deport him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... So, he, uh, uh, Han Solo throws a rock through the window, the light hits the worm, big commotion, he grabs Amelia Clark's character, I forget what her character's name was. Um, probably something stupid with like three letters. Probably, like, yeah. Like Umbu. Yeah. Uh, no, fuck no. <laughs> like, let's take this really hot that... girl and give her a name like Cracknack. <laughs> George Lucas, a man who doesn't know how to talk to women. But I just love that she's a three letters and then umbu. I said, wait a minute, that's four. And then you go from umbu to crack neck. Like, Ten letters. I said, what? That's why he was pissed off when I did a math problem yeah. earlier. She's just called Tlur. She's just called Tlur, okay? That's her name. That's right, Tlur. Anyway, so they're, they're looking to escape, and of course, it's an authoritarian. Regime on the planet, they're looking to get off planet real quick. So the two of them are in disguise. Uh, all the gangsters are chasing them. The gangsters obviously have all the officials like on their payroll. So they're about to get through. Han Solo gets through. Amelia Clark's character gets captured, and she tells him to run. Mm. And he gets, um, he goes up to the Imperial recruiting station. And he says, "I'm going to be a pilot because that's his thing. I can pilot anything. I'm going to be a pilot." He's a young yeah. man. And then they show, they flash forward. He's, they're at war on some planet, uh, 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 planet side. He's fighting, people are getting killed left and right. Yeah, it's like Saving Private Kenobi. Yeah, but basically, yeah, Saving Private Solo, which sounds like a porno now that I said it out loud. <laughs> but, um, but, um, uh, uh, he, he kind of like, everyone's getting blown away. He has a superior officer who's a dipshit, obviously. And he sees, and it's Woody Harrelson, and and I forget the actress's name, but she's a very good actress, and she's like a carbon copy of Zoe Saldana, British oh, actress. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez? No, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, British actress? Yes. Oh, Zoe Saldana? <laughs> oh, oops. I'm sorry, I got confused there for a <laughs> I don't know why I thought Michelle Rodriguez was it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So somebody said I looked just like the twin of Denzel Washington yesterday. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> anyway, yes, Tandy Newton. She's in it, and and they basically, uh, Han Solo comes up and says, "What happened?" He says, "The the guy got killed. Who's in charge? You are, sir." And then as it goes on, the action goes on. Uh, Han figures out that um, uh, 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 Woody Harrelson's character is actually. Does not belong in the Imperial Army. He's he's 
a crook of some sort. And he's like, let me be with you. And Woody Harrelson basically gives Han Solo up and says, this is a, this guy's a deserter. Yeah. You should throw him in the brig. And they throw him in a jail, and you hear some growling. And you're like, all right, we're going to be introduced to, to Chewbacca. And Chewbacca, they're like, oh, he's going to eat him. And there's all these like corpses like Chewbacca <laughs> ate all these people, which I was a little bit disturbed with. I was like, what? Why would Chewbacca just like eat all these like sentients? Like they didn't give him food? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that's the implication. And, and Chewbacca comes and starts beating the snot out of Han, throwing him like into these like support pillars where, you know, and this is a creature who's about what, seven foot, eight foot tall, yeah. who rips arms off of all sorts of beings, you know, <laughs> and he throws him and he s smacks this pillar back first. And I'm like, okay, how's he walking after <laughs> this? Because his back should have snapped in two. He's not the biggest guy. So what people don't realize is Harrison Ford is actually a big guy. He's like, a, he was a big guy. This guy's not a big guy. No, no, he doesn't look it at least. No. And, 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 um, so he speaks a little bit, uh, a Wookiee to Chewbacca and Chewbacca, he's like, yeah, I know a little bit, which I thought it was a nice little tribute that he just started, started going, <laughs> it's like, oh, he speaks Wookiee. Yeah. And then he says, we can bust through the, the support pillar and that's how we'll get out. And then he grabs Chewbacca. He says, I have friends who will get us off planet. They run away from the Imperials that are keeping them imprisoned. And they catch up with Woody Harrelson's uh, ship of, of crooks. And it's kind of like a, 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 a Ocean's five, Eleven. Five. There's like, what was it, four of them? Or five of them? Uh, four of them. There was the guy with the multiple arms yeah, yeah. who liked Todd and said we should take him on. There was Woody Harrelson and Tandy Newman. I did I didn't watch. I didn't. Watch, we talked about before. I mentioned it quickly. I only watched like one episode of it, but I know you watched all of it. But the whole vibe and the whole thing of that kind of reminded me of Firefly. Yes, very, very, very much so. Very, very much so. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, that was the whole thing with the movie. Mm. I thought the movie was entertaining. Yeah. But I was very much underwhelmed by it. When you compare it to a Firefly and all the cult status that that has. It, it was very... Story-wise, it was very similar. Mm. Firefly was one of those where the chemistry was just brilliant yeah. from the get-go. The, the chemistry was the issue with the film. It, wasn't a, it felt very forced. Yes. But it had a lot of issues. I mean, they reshot 80% of the film yeah. in like... Two in, weeks. In two weeks. Yeah. With a completely different director. Yeah. You can't get much different than like Ron Howard to... The what's his name? The guys who were doing it originally, yeah, who were like the Lego Movie guys, yeah, yeah, all yeah, about yeah, slapstick yeah, yeah, humor, yeah. and they fired them because they were like, "You turn this into a comedy, it's too funny." Like, yeah, this isn't, you know, this is this is completely wrong. Yeah, Twenty One Jump Street, that's what they, yeah, 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 that's right, that's all right. about goofy kind of like. I'd love to see that film. You know, be brave, Disney. I'd love to see that kind of like. And and that might be. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm sure those guys are going like, if you kept our film, we probably would have made more money. Yeah. You know, but the way they did it, like you said, and, and I totally forgot about the reshooting and everything. So I, I guess plot wise, so, so this is plot wise how it goes on. I'm going to kind of just like go through it quickly summarized. They go to do a heist where they're trying to steal enough fuel for starships to basically make them rich for the end of time. Woody Harrelson's team is doing it for some for some big time gangster, mm -hmm. and what was it? Crimson Dawn, I believe, was the organization or something like that. Uh, and it was Paul Bettany played the intermediary boss. 
he was great. He was great as it. Yeah, he was great as the boss. And he was completely brought in by Ron Howard in the last two weeks. Was he? He wasn't in the film at all. He was, well, he did fantastic. He was going to be a robot or a, uh, a monster of some kind. And the, the the major change he made, I mean, he reshot everything right. to have a different vibe. But the major change that was completely Ron Howard's is he came in because he's big friends with Paul Bettany because he puts him in all his films. Da Vinci Code. Um, oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, because he was in the Da Vinci Code. I never saw the Da Vinci Code, so I And was it the um, Beautiful Mind? Okay. He was in that. He's in, been in a bunch of Ron Howard films. Okay. Paul Benny. Big, big friends. And he he read the character and he was like, this is a mistake. This, like, robot, like, monster machine. Kind of like the what they did in the prequels with the, like, the guy with all the arms and all that. Where it was just... It, Oh, uh, 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 Grievous. Yeah, Grievous and stuff like that. Where it's like, uh, it's like no, that there's a reason Vader is Vader. It's like you know the, that that human aspect of. And they were like, no, this needs to be a person. Right. And literally called Paul Benny up because he works with him so well. He was like, Paul can create a character. Right. And film this in two weeks. Right. And she brought him in. He just he filmed everything in like two days. Create this whole character and everything. And considering, I think. Really and and, and you know, what? I'm glad you actually brought that up because. Just to point people who who are not in the acting industry or in the entertainment industry, when you always see like directors working with actors or producers working with actors, one of the reasons they do it, and it's not because like oh you know because people people are always looking over each other's shoulders, you know they're always like looking over their shoulder who has more than they do. Mm. In these situations, it, and I would say it's most of them. Now there are exceptions all the times, of course. But I would say in these situations, the reason why a director or a producer keeps getting the same actor back, like yeah, yeah. A, another one, Ron Howard, famously with, with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oscar Commander, that's the other one I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, he, with Chris Hemsworth, he's done two or three movies, something like that. It's like you do it because mm. the person you're working with totally gets you, gets your vibe, and you have nothing but trust with them. Mm. So you can go to the person. So, you know, me and you can talk about something, and I'll just say, like, this is what you need to do, and we've we've done it on stage. It's like, why don't we do this? And we just we don't even have to talk about it. Yeah. And we'll pick up the and we'll just like, yeah, let's. And then we'll look at each other after the take or whatever, and we'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what we that that was perfect. It makes a big difference. It's a huge difference. It can take weeks of rehearsals with someone you've just met to exactly out to, to just get the vibe that yeah. you want them to portray. But this person gets it instinctively either for from working with you before. But I mean, that's why you see a lot of times when a director and an actor meet. And they kick it off, and then they do five more movies together. Is because they work so well together. Uh, what's his face with with the new and I'm DVRing it? Uh, Chris Pine, mm-hmm. uh, I am the Night, the TV show with the Patty Jenkins. The trailer looks great. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm DVRing it. I can't wait to see it. But he was just like, you know, Patty Wonder Woman. He said when Patty came to me, it's like the minute Patty's coming to me, it's like I want you to work on something with me. I'm like, all right, let's hear it. What are we doing? You know, kind of yeah. like you don't even question like, do I want to? You're just like. Yeah. Let's do it, you know. So that's what happens there. Anyway, so they go to hijack something. There's some nasty pirate that's always trying to get in the way and hijack something, and they're bad guys. Uh, 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 Woody Harrelson loses basically both of his crew members uh-huh. uh, in the job, and nobody gets the fuel, like a whole mountain implodes, and Han Solo basically had to rescue them last minute. And then they go to see the big bad boss, who happens to be Paul Bettany, and Woody Harrelson is schooling him, says, don't look at anybody, just keep your head down, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Han Solo's uh, major motive at this point is to become a pilot, to make a lot of money, go back to Corellia, and save his girl. Yeah. And 
what needs to be said that from the time that he left Karelia to now, where he's involved with the gangsters, it's been a few years now. It's been like three or four years at this point. Because he's been in the Imperial uh, military, etc. So they're at this party, and lo and behold, who does he run into? He runs into Amelia Clark. Sparks a flag right away, because, you know, and she's like, I'm not who you think I am. And Woody Allison's character basically warns him. He says, she's not who you think you are, kid. You're like overstepping your bounds here. He's like, no, I'm not, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do another heist because now Paul Bettany's character is going to kill them. And and Han Solo comes up with the idea, how about if we go do the quote-unquote Kessel Run, which he's famous for, um, and we steal the stuff from the spice mines of Kessel, and then we take it to a place and get it processed, and that's how we'll pay you back. Yeah. So they go, basically get in, they steal all the material, which is super... In its raw form, is super unstable. It's kind of like uranium with a stick of dynamite in it, kind of stuff. If it gets too hot, they're all cooked, kind of stuff. Uh, they're going through the can. Oh, they meet what's his face in between, um, Lando Calrissian, who's played by oh, yeah. uh, by, by 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 uh, Danny Glover. Donald Glover. Donald, sorry, Donald Glover, yes. <laughs> that would be weird. That's Danny Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover plays Lando. A young Lando. Like, uh, interesting. <laughs> Donald Glover uh, 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 played him. And, you know, all of those shenanigans, eventually he wins the, the Millennium Falcon off of yeah. uh, Glover. Amelia Clark saves him from the bad guy at the end when they deliver the fuel. Woody Harrelson goes to double-cross them, which he was expecting. And Amelia Clark leaves because she's basically part of his criminal organization because she's had to do a lot of stuff to get out of Corellia. Mm. She's a survivor, and that's what yeah. he was trying to tell him. And Han Solo kind of gets away, and the really bad pirate to try to steal stuff is basically the burgeoning rebellion. Yeah. And, and they're trying to get fuel for the rebellion. Mm. Now, that's in a nutshell, it's it's very slapdash here, this 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 summary of the whole movie. You can watch it. What I really wanted to discuss was the points of the movie. I thought the movie was entertaining. Yeah. The way people were talking about it, they were like, oh, it's absolute garbage, it's shit, it's not going to make it in the movies. No way. Which, which I understood why people were saying that beforehand, but I was just like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it, I'm going to keep an open mind about it, because I remember when the first Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out, and they made him shoot webs out of his body, out of his wrists, I was like, what the yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, because what, and we've talked about this before. My biggest complaint about all the Spider-Man movies is they never quite go far enough to describe just how smart Peter Parker is. Yeah, yeah, the difference between Peter Parker and Tony Stark is Tony Stark's father was a genius, and he built a company, and he's a billionaire, and the kid had billions of dollars to become even more of a Tony Stark. Yeah. Whereas Peter Parker is an orphan who lives with his working class aunt and uncle. And he's not going to have that kind of resources. But for a kid with no resources to make those cobwebs that, like, short of Wolverine or the Hulk, no one could yeah. tear through, you know, showed his... And that's why it's inter- what makes him interesting in Spider-Man is because because his hyper-intelligence and his empathy, he's the ultimate good guy. Right. And then when other people around him are afforded the same powers or similar levels of superpower right. who don't have that same level of emotional intelligence... Right. They inevitably end up being baddies. Exactly. Because that's what would happen in the real world. Exactly. 
And, and that and that's what that's why he's the most appealing of the heroes. Mm. You know, Bruce Wayne, great. He's psychotic and he has a mission. He's very rigid. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's face it. Bruce Wayne is psychotic. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Because how else would you do all and that? If, if he didn't have billions, like if he wasn't a billionaire who had everything he ever wanted, he would also be a villain. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he would totally be. Because he right. Because if he didn't have the resources to, to do all the training that he, that yeah. he did. He would get a baseball bat and just bat, bash skulls. He'd get the Punisher over. That's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, um, I understood people's reactions to, oh, who's this guy? Who's going to be Han Solo, Harrison Ford? And quite frankly, that first The Force Awakens, I thought was just. I thought that movie was garbage, mm. and not because of how they <clears throat> handled the various characters. I just thought the story was shit. And the fact that in the second movie they just ignored everything from the first movie, I'm like, well, that's because the director agreed with you. He obviously didn't like what they set up in the first movie. It was shit. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is where I want to go with it. Yeah. And now they're confusing the whole plot by going back to the original game. It's, it's it, I, I, well, right, exactly. They're giving it to JJ, JJ Binks. I mean, George R. Abrams, as as Kevin Smith calls him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought it was shit and. In that movie, the thing that really brought my nostalgia and I got all teary-eyed was when Harrison Ford and Chewbacca came on screen for the first time. Yeah. Like, and I almost started bawling because nostalgia grabbed me so hard because, you know, when I was a kid growing up, keep Luke, keep Darth, keep everyone. There was nobody in my world but Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca, to me, was my favorite character. Yeah. Like, which is hilarious because, like, all he does is growl, but he was my favorite character. It's just like, you know, so when he and, and Harrison Ford as Han Solo walked on... And I get the emotional attachment that people had to the Han Solo character. Well, had pro- I've forgotten who it was. Someone had a problem with that recently. I was hearing them. I think it was another podcast. And I was saying about they had a problem with that movie, especially because of Chewie's reaction or lack of reaction when Han gets killed. Well, that's the other one. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I mean, like, it would be more than just a... <laughs> like, he just goes... But, like, no, he'd be tearing people's arms off. But that, that, crazy. but that was the thing. If, if you remember, actually, in the movie, and I know people were complaining about it, he actually does go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you never see Chewbacca go crazy. Yeah. Chewbacca's kind of like, all right, I got to do this, and I got to keep this idiot from killing himself because I made a bond to keep him alive. Mm. So when his best friend's son kills him, he goes ape shit and fires three bolts into his best friend's son. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't remember. And then, okay. because he, like, shoots Kylo yeah. Ren, like, three times, because everyone's saying, how could the, the two of them... Defeat Kylo Ren. It's like, you forgot. Chewie put like three bolts in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like keeping himself alive with the Force, which is supposed to show yeah. that how powerful he is himself. And Chewie started going nuts and just blowing shit up. Yeah. Now, what I thought was... What I thought in the movie was a horrible just oversight was when Chewie walks out and Leia's there like, and Chewie just kind of walks by her. Mm-hmm. I was like, wouldn't she like bury herself into Chewie? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that whole, the emotional range on <laughs> that first movie was just, what? But coming back to Solo, like I said, I understood what they were talking about, why people like ahead of time were like, this guy's going to suck, this guy's going to suck. I thought he, the actor, I never forget his name, he did a very good job of being a Han Solo. I thought the same. I thought he, he wasn't going to be Harrison Ford. No. Because if he tried to imitate Harrison Ford, that would have made it worse, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. He did his own take on Harrison Ford, but he, in my opinion, got all the characteristics of Han Solo in there. The boundless mm. cockiness. Yeah, yeah. The boundless, like, 
Trust me. I, I, I got this handled, even though he's flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah, yeah. Even the whole, um, which you can see how it would get beaten out of Han by the time we meet him in A New Hope, mm. how he was concerned about others. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first, the, the, the guy with the multiple arms that was dying, and he was, like, worried about him. And whenever somebody died around him, he was all, like, kind of, like, what's going on? But he's a kid of the street, so you don't have yeah, time yeah. to really, like, life goes on. Yeah. As, like, and, you know, it's, like, life is cheap in third world countries because uh, what are you going to do? Hang myself? I, yeah. I, I got to keep going. I mourn. This is horrible. You know, this is how people kind of end up with all these demons and need therapy and whatever else because, guess what? Time doesn't stop now because I'm suffering, in, you know, yeah, yeah. A, a tragic loss or whatever. So I really enjoyed the way he did all of that. Mm. Yet at the same time, it just was a little bit underwhelming. Mm. I thought he did a good job. I thought Donald, uh, 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 Donald Glover, I thought he really, really, really captured the Lando Calrissian vibe. Mm. I thought he really did a good job. But again, it was something was just like, there was just something missing. Mm. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Chewbacca was Chewbacca, and it's easy to be Chewbacca because you just growl and, <laughs> and run around or whatever. I thought Woody Harrelson's character was good. Yeah. I thought he played him yeah. well because yeah. he played him very much like, oh, this is the mentor. It's almost like um, in The Last Crusade, the guy with the hat that comes to a young oh, Indiana yeah, Jones yeah. and says... Keep your chin up, kid. You lost today. You don't have to like it, but you did a good job out there. Which I recently watched the first half of over Christmas or whatever. Uh, again, it was my favorite film growing up, and it never occurred to me as a kid. Obviously, now I'm an adult, and I watched that. I love that, and even that character is great. And I'm in, and they've managed to find a guy that's even almost as cool as Harrison Ford. I'm like, yes. how do I not know who this actor is? Look how charismatic You've he is. You've never seen him Why again. Why did he never do anything ever never else? Never seen him again. Like, and he was brilliant. He was so good. He was so good. But the weirdest thing about the whole situation is like, I get the hat. He gives him the hat. And I'm like, okay, I can see why he'd keep wearing the hat. But it's not just the hat. He models his entire wardrobe over this guy. Like, where did that come from? That's kind of weird. I'm like, that's kind of strange that he chose to completely but, take his whole outfit. But I, I don't think it's strange at all, actually. Hmm. Because if you look at the backstory of it, his father, who's this brilliant... Yeah. Uh, 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 he was an archaeologist, but somebody who studied the past. He was an English professor, obviously, yeah. uh, after all. But his father obviously neglected him yeah. all the time. Oh, that makes sense. And he was, a very, and he was a very self-reliant kid, mm. always doing everything on his own. And here comes this guy... That beat him out of this just amazing discovery for any fifteen years old. Fifteen year old. That explains it very well, and then that explains the dichotomy. It's like the the two sides of him. You have the academic Henry Jones Junior, which is like his dad, right? And then the other side is like that's the guy I want to be. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy who not only beat me but showed me compassion in the end after Mm -hmm. he beat me. Yeah. So that to me, that's the how that. That that why, but you're right. That actor, I was just like, why? Why did he not have his own like show? Why wasn't he the new Alan Quartermain? Yeah, yeah. you know, like, you're right. He he had so much swagger. He had that Indiana Jones swagger. Yeah, but I love Indiana Jones. That's for my birthday. I've uh, it's <clears throat> I, I I don't know if my wife knows this yet. She knew it was a possibility that I was going to do it, but I'll, I'll see what she's. But for my birthday, I bought myself an Indiana Jones jacket. Nice, and that's my big. That was my uh, big present to myself. I don't usually get a big present to myself, but that. But it's like the 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 leather company in England that literally made the jackets for the original films. Oh, nice. Make 
jackets this Looks day. Cheap. Oh, so, so I'll bring oh, my leather jacket I'll bring a, copy. a couple of leather daddies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then the jacket even has a little stitch in the middle. It's like stitched like in, in the inside saying, like, you know, this this jacket was made to the specifications of Razor Lost Ark as we made it back in 1980, whatever. That's and, fantastic. But it's custom made. They make it like custom. Oh, to, to your size. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. yeah. Size. That's fantastic. So I'm like so, so excited to get Dude, a jacket. You're, you're going to be so cool. You're going to be so cool. I'm going to buy you a whip now. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to have to order some kangaroo leather and make you a whip now. <laughs> well, that's the one thing I've noticed is like, that's where it gets too far. I'm like, there's something weird about their individual part. Like, the jacket looks good on everyone. Yeah. That's fine. But only Harrison Ford or apparently that guy look good in the whole getup. Yes. I've never seen anybody cosplay as Indiana Jones or Halloween parties Indiana Jones and ever look anything other than a twat. <laughs> and the hat, the same thing. No one can wear that hat. Like, do you know what? I've done it for Halloween. I can carry it off. Oh, you can? I, I won't lie. Oh, yeah? I can carry it Okay. <laughs> well, a lot of the other guys I saw thought they could carry off. <laughs> there's, there's a serious aura of disbelief around Sean right now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so like I said, Donald Glover, I thought he he really captured the essence of of the smoothness of Billy Ray. Yeah. But it just wasn't quite. It was almost like like you said, it was forced. It was almost like nobody wanted to be in the movie. That's what it felt like, except for Amelia Clark and Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is the one thing I'd keep from it. If I was to have someone that I'd say, I want to see him in other films, it would be Paul Bettany. I like that. He character. was a great character. She was a great character, I thought. I thought if they're going to do more of them, she's a brilliant character to come back. I'd like Paul Bettany to come back as a strange kind of robot version of himself. Make him like a bionic. Sure. Well, I mean, like I said, the whole movie, it's like it was entertaining. Entertaining. But it was definitely underwhelming. I liked the twist at the end that most people hated, that like blew it for them. I liked that little uh, Darth Maul twist. I thought that was. At first, cute. I was really confused because mm. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Because I, because I, I, I didn't know what was going on, and, and my buddy told me just this past weekend that in the books, Darth Maul survives and he's got like robot legs, and I was like, "Oh." I didn't know that. I just saw the film and then looked up afterwards. But I didn't know that. But when I saw it with the robot legs, I was like, oh. I didn't see the robot. I didn't, oh, notice, didn't, see, didn't, I didn't notice, notice the robot legs oh, when I he stood up. From the like, no, I, I saw I, the robot legs. I didn't notice the robot legs when it started, and I just got really freaking annoyed. And I was like, oh. wait a minute, because Han is only supposed to be—I don't know—Han is supposed to be like maybe twenty years older than Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, Darth Maul was fighting when when Luke's father was five. Yeah. So the fact that Han is here. And Darth Maul is his like yeah, yeah, yeah. contemporary. I was like, wait a minute, what? No, I saw the robot legs from the opposite, and I got it, and I was like, <gasps> yeah, oh, he's no, alive. he's a robot. Oh my god, I, which I find really hard to believe that he. But actually, no, I shouldn't say that because if you fall into the geekiness and into the universe, he was such a strong force user. He got cut in half. His wounds would have been instantly cauterized because it's a yeah. lightsaber after all. Yeah. And he could use the force to keep himself alive until he got himself into a back to tank or whatever. Well, it's exactly what happened, like, and that's if a guy looks it up, it's like what happened to him is then what happened to Luke in uh, uh, Empire. Is that Empire or Return? What's wrong with it? Where he goes, he falls down the thing and he falls into one of those chutes. In, in Empire, Empire. Empire. Empire, yeah. That's what happened to him, basically. He falls down the thing, ends up in one of those, like, garbage chutes. With his cut off hand, and yeah. And flies off and literally, like, you know, like crawls by his arms and yeah, finds yeah, his way yeah, out yeah, and gets yeah. into a ship and like pilots and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, Leia saved him. No, I mean Darth Maul. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, 
And he probably had some like droid on on button or something like that in the pocket. Yeah. But you would think the pockets would have been with the legs. But I mean, what do I know? <laughs> what, what do I know? But I can't but, like that. I like robot duck more. <laughs> but well, well what he explained, what he, what, when my buddy explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were screwing with the timelines. I was like, wait a minute, how could they get the timelines so wrong? Yeah. That's what I thought, and I was just like... Oh. And it's the same actor, apparently. Same actor who played Darth Maul. Yeah, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, the English guy. Um, he played, he played, um, oh, crap. Why can't I think of the character's name for the X-Men? Um, he kind of reminds me of Tim Roth, actually. Um, Toad. In the X-Men. With the tongue? Blah. That's Darth Maul. Because he's a martial artist. So they have him doing all these things because he can, all those moves, oh, all those okay. dark ball moves, he's yeah. doing because yeah, he's a martial yeah, yeah. artist. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I forget his name. Yeah. He, he's fantastic. <laughs> they, they use him a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. used him in tons of stuff since then. He yeah. played, like I said, he played Toad in the first X-Men. Yeah. You know, he was Darth Maul. But in the, in the prequels, they, he didn't voice it. In the prequels, it was a Peter Serafinowicz did the voice, who... Later has gone on. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Do you know Peter Serafinowicz? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, he did the voice of Darth Maul. Yeah, he played Tick. He was the voice of Darth Maul. I didn't know that. Because they didn't like the guy's voice. Because at the time, he didn't have a lot of acting experience. Right, right. He was just a martial artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, then he opened his mouth and they were like, eh. Which happens a lot. It doesn't work. And also, Lucas has a history of not liking the voices of the guy he cast as the big man guy. Yeah. So he just did the Darth Vader all over again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to get someone with a better voice. Okay. And I, I, Pierce I, I Seminuitz, because Pierce Seminuitz tells a great story about literally voicing the main voice of the biggest main baddie since Darth Vader. Right. And no one noticed him, and he wasn't allowed to tell anyone it was him. Right. And like, it wasn't, I don't think he even was credited as it or something. Probably not. He literally was, came into a studio, top secret, and George Lucas is sitting there, and he was there for like. 20 minutes and just recorded it and that was like all his Star Wars experience yeah he was the voice of Darth Maul <laughs> but he recorded loads of lines and they only ended up using like you know one scene's worth of dialogue in the end let's see what the, I wanna, wanna hit. Ray Park how can I not fucking remember Ray Park Ray Park is the actor yeah yeah see he was Toad yeah of course yeah but he did do the voice this time I remember I said he'd like they let him do the whole right, character right, 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 this right. time around yeah he's Scottish yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Park <laughs> It's a brand do that. <laughs> but, um, so overall, like I said, the movie was entertaining. I'm glad I didn't go to the movies to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it was on Netflix that I saw it, I it guess. good. I mean, when you compare it to, like, to the, the other one that they did that was... Rogue One? Rogue One. Which was on last night, which I watched again. Yeah. And so well done. Yeah. So it's a war movie. It's, it's a war a movie, absolutely. Like a no, war no, no, no. Movie. It's a to, it's a total war movie. Yeah, it's like the it guns of Navarone or something. <laughs> it, it was so well done. Like at the end, I mean, the fact that it had, I'm, I'm kind of, I was hoping that Donnie Yen would have actually been a force user. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think for the story, mm. what they did with it worked better. Yeah. Because they don't need somebody that's all powerful coming in and kicking ass. As it was. He was a blind guy that was kicking people's ass left and right. Yeah. That whole exchange when he dies and his buddy comes last night, I'm watching it, and he says, don't go. And, like, I just about start bawling. Well, I kind of did, actually. Was, the movie was just so well done. And, like, my wife is like, I'm not going to watch it. Everybody dies? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Because she doesn't want to be the Vader sad. bits are great. That, the, in the and, and the Vader thing oh. at the end to show just basically what he was. Oh. 
Because you never saw you never what he saw was. It. You never saw it in the original ones. No. A- ever. I mean, you saw a little chokehold like in the meeting in, in The New Hope. Yeah. And that's it. But well, they, they had to go back and do it because like at the time, that's what it was about. It was more about atmosphere. It wasn't about skill. But then with all the prequels and them showing all those crazy fights and Anakin and like what they were capable of. Right. It then was like, okay, we're at a different place now. Yes. You have to imagine he was... Yes. He just chose. He didn't well, have to get. Well, that I far. mean, that was all set up when they did the books, the expanded universe, which were yeah. brilliant. Which I know Disney just completely ruined, but they had some really just lovely storylines or whatever. And it was always like Darth Vader was, you know, there's a reason why he killed all the Jedi. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, unless like Yoda went toe to toe with him, nobody was stopping it. Yeah. He was just that good a fighter, you know. So I was. That was. I thought that was brilliant. I think the whole thing was was brilliant in Rogue One. The hammerhead Corvette that got the other ship on. All of it was good. I mean, Rogue One was brilliant. Rogue One was so much better than what I expected it to be that it was almost equal into how much worse Han Solo... I shouldn't say I was expecting Han Solo to be worse than what I saw it. I thought Han Solo was entertaining because I went in with absolutely no expectations. Yeah. Because they trashed it, financially it did bad, the whole nine yards. So I just kind of was like, oh, it's on Netflix, let me watch it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a there fun were movie. elements in it that I preferred to some of the other of The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. There were elements I preferred from it. Overall, it is probably the worst one Which which, which elements? Like I said, I like Paul Bettany. I liked having yes. a human bad guy... Who was kind of campy, kind of James Bondy bad yes, guy. Yes. Like, and I thought we were going to get that with Kylo Ren. And then they just like completely missed the mark. And like, now it's like, what the hell? He's just a moody teenager. Like, no, no, I want like a Vader style, like, yes. Just a. Either intense or yeah. crazy. Yeah. Is what you want. I want, yeah, that's exactly what I and want. They kinda, and they kind of, you're right. Inicio de Toro was going to be that when they initially announced the casting. And then he wasn't. No, he was just a side character. Like, oh, great. Right? He's a good, great guy. You can have him be like one of those kind of charismatic bad James Bond star baddies. Yeah. That's what he wants. Like, even in like when they did Spectre, the last James Bond film. Yes. Yeah, Christoph Waltz playing Blofeld. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's what I want. Yes. I want the like, you know. The, the cartoon no, villain. The cartoon villain. The cartoon villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cowboys and Indians we're watching. I want to see the big baddie, you know. So, I mean, I honestly don't understand why Solo did so badly and I get I, I do and I don't I understand because people had like such high expectations for it yeah and the, the whole campaign was messed up as well they had a really bad marketing campaign the trailers were few and far and between. then the fact that they changed the director with like like a month of shooting left it yeah, was like a lot of bad PR like whoever yes. the publicist was for LucasArts yes got fired definitely yeah because it got really yeah, it, but but like and like I said, I understand why it didn't. But at the same time, I don't understand why it didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was entertaining enough. To me, it was just as entertaining as the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you know, because the Phantom Menace to me was underwhelming. Yeah, I I really wasn't like. Mm, uh, it wasn't really until the Revenge of the Sith. And you saw Yoda like do some moves. Actually, it does fit very nicely with the prequels, as it feels in that vibe. It feels like it belongs in the prequels. It does. I mean, I'm I'm sad because like I said, Rogue One doesn't. Rogue One for me is very much like no, that's a universe building film. I want more like that. I I thought what's his face's portrayal of Han Solo was not bad. 
Yeah. I didn't think it was excellent, but I thought it was it was a nice, interesting. Um, I thought it was a nice, interesting take on it. I didn't think it was bad. Um, the uh, Donald Glover portrayal of 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 uh, I almost said Billy D. Williams, but of of uh, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, I thought it all just missed something. And to me, it, it kind of felt like, with the exception of Han Solo's character and and Paul Bettany and and Emilia Clark, everyone else felt like they were being forced to be in this movie. That's not true. Uh, t- uh, 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 Tandy Newman, I thought she was really good as her character. She's good actor. She's good. And she's yes, uh, she's a great actor. Um, and and I thought Woody Harrelson. Uh, it's funny. All of the individual parts were actually not bad. Yeah. But somehow the collective thing was deflated. Yeah. And and I don't I you know it's like okay I don't know what's going on but that that's kind of like I said entertaining movie if it's on I'll watch it but you know. If something else is on, I'll probably switch it, you know, because... But compared to Rogue One, it's night and day. Like, if they're going with the Star Wars stories... It's very telling that it's on Netflix, even. Because the yeah. others aren't on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, how'd they manage to get that deal? Because they made their money in the film. Right, exactly. So they, so they, they gave it out. It out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, all right. So, so that's our, I, I guess, conclusion for Solo, that... Individual performances were fine, but the overall product, for whatever reason, is just lackluster. Yeah, it really is. It it, it, it very much felt like kind of what it was. I mean, it's a it that would that it feels like a first draft to me. Like if you yes. present that to me, I'm like, okay, we can work with that. We can right. Let's work some more on this. And the, but that they already didn't have the time. They were right. already they'd filmed the whole. They'd literally filmed the entire movie. Yes. Before they sat the directors. Yes. Which is crazy. I think I bought one scene or something. It, which, 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 which just and shows co- me... And they like co-wrote it as well. It's not even like they just directed it. Like which just goes to show, it's like, alright Disney, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Get somebody who knows what they're doing. They did the same with that man. They did the same with that man where they like sat, sat Edgar Wright after he basically made the film, rewritten the script, made the film and they sat him. So, and I didn't like Ant-Man for the same reasons because I could see the gaps there personally. Alright, so what do we think about our Before we shut off Well, there's nothing really to conclude Because we know what's going on here It was an entertaining movie, but underwhelming mm-hmm. What do we think about our beer? Bifrost by Elysian Brewing out of Seattle, Washington It's very well, nice It's very nice, yeah. I thought No, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan I like, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have Elysium beer again Yeah, for sure Ooh, And sure. what's nice about this one Like, two of these and you're cruising. That's a nice evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, very nice. Yeah. You want to go first? Or should I? Uh, yeah, I'll, go, I'll give it a um, I'll give it a four point two. Four point two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a really That's nice. Fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really tasty. I'm more than happy to just drink that. Yeah. Have an evening, like you know, just again barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> barbecue setup. If there or it doesn't even have the barbecue. If there's a party and this is the only beer there, I'm fine. Yeah, like I'd, I'd go as far as like if if there was if I was at a barbecue and there was this beer and then like a couple of other beers that I I was very familiar with and I've drunk that I like, like said like a Sierra Nevada and like you know Lagunitas or something, and then this I can see myself just drinking this. Yes, I don't. If after drinking this, I don't think I would then be like, oh, I'm gonna have a. Another beer? No, 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 yeah. Like, no, I'm gonna stick with this. This is what it was you stick with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah same here. Uh, um, 
It's it's a nice color. It's easy to drink. Um, it's a robust flavor. And, and like I said, the fact that it's 8.3%, that's kind of nice. And, and like you said, if I'm at a party and there's a bunch of nice beers there, but I've had this one, I'm sticking with this one because it's just that nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a 4.3. That was a good beer. Yeah. Good job, folks at Elysium. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Well, um, that's our solo special. We tried to unravel the mystery of why this movie was so bad. We, I don't think we really unraveled the mystery. No. Because, like I said, the individual performances were not bad. Yeah. They really weren't. None of them. There was, there was not a single character there that I was just like, what the... Who's this? Mm. You know, like, even the new ones. Like we said, what's his name? Poe, uh, that Oscar Isaac plays. Uh-huh. The most useless character in all of Star Wars canon. Yeah. So why is he even there? Yeah. Literally, there's no reason for him to be there. Uh-huh. And it, it, Probably the only instance of any character in any franchise ever... Where the second movie, he gets a hell of a lot more to do, yet a hell of a lot less impact. Right. It's like, I see way more of him in the second film. Yes. But he does nothing. Nothing. Like he has no nothing. effect. Nothing. At like, least the first movie, you're like, they build him up. Like, oh, yes. this guy's going to be a guy. Yes. And then the second one, like, oh, he's in this a I was lot. like, no, 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 no. Go and downstairs and do the laundry. Yeah, yeah. That's really No, weird. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So He's constantly running around and then just like doing stuff and then everything he does doesn't come to anything and he just keeps getting... Like locked in a room. Useless. Yeah. He's absolutely useless. He, you know what it is? He's completely inefficient. <laughs> yeah. He's totally inefficient. Well, yeah, because he's like he's like he's got all the core skills slash charm of like a of a hand solo. Right. But with all the execution of Luke Skywalker. Right. That's kind of what it is. It's like he's kind of like he fits that kind of roguish kind of like pilot. I don't give a shit. But with all the like again flair of execution as like a. Stupid Skywalker. Again, they didn't know what they were doing. Because, yeah. like, the way he was interacting with, um, uh, what's it, uh, John Boyega's character, it was almost like, okay, is this going to be, like, a gay thing happening? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? There was, like, yeah, this yeah. vibe, like, almost like, is he interested in him yeah. in that manner? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. They were trying to they were trying to build a Han Solo-Luke thing between them. I think they were trying to get that kind of, like... Yes. Like, oh, we're kind of buddies, but we're kind of different. And it just didn't... It, it didn't work. The chemistry's not like it. No. It, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. I don't think... I've seen... I, I've seen Oscar Isaac in a bunch of things, but... He's a great like, actor. He's a great actor, but I don't think he's not a very good supporting actor. I feel like he needs to be kind of the center of attention. I don't know. I feel well, like I don't know. I've seen uh, X-Men Apocalypse and it was shit. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, folks. Oh, well, God. Yeah, that's the opposite of what I was saying about a comic book villain. <laughs> no, too no, far. Too far. <laughs> oh, that's, that's episode 53 from us, folks. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Bye.